Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with the song entitled, It Was Love. Every time a believer prays, he is exercising a God-given privilege. 
It enables him to have immediate and continuous access to the one who is omnipotent, who listens in heaven and who can and does the affairs of men. By contrast, the thoughts and the needs of some secular men have also been directed into the heavens, but not to the God of the Bible. Some time ago, a group of scientists claimed to have calculated mathematically that as many as 50 million civilizations may exist somewhere out in space. They believe that some of these have found the method of improving our lives and control the time of our death. In November of 1974, they acted upon their speculation. By means of technology, these scientists beamed a message to a cluster of stars on the outer edge of our galaxy. But even now, we don't know the results and will never, because even if that signal was picked up, it would take an estimated 48,000 years before an answer came back. Believers know that these efforts are futile, for they are destined to ultimate failure. But even more important is the fact that we do have an effective contact with another world. We do not have to hope our message gets through, nor do we have to wait thousands of years for an answer. Every child of God has within the capacity to get in touch, not with other creatures, but with the Creator. We have instant, continual access through prayer to the One who stretched out all the galaxies in the heavens and who promises to hear and answer according to His will. In the light of our relationship to Him, we should pray with renewed confidence, knowing and appreciating our God. For the believer, it is always time to pray. Listen now as Scott DeLosier sings this beautiful song entitled, Crucified with Christ. Was living. I'm amazed at the price I chose to pay. And to think I ignore what really mattered. Because I thought the sacrifice would be too great. When I finally reached the point of giving in. Found the cross was calling even then Even though it took dying to survive I've never felt so much alive For I am crucified with Christ And yet I strength but he's there's no greater sacrifice for I am crucified with Christ and yet I live as I hear the Savior call for daily dying 
I will bow beneath the weight of Calvary. Let my hand surrender to His piercing purpose that holds me to the cross yet sets me free. I will glory in the power of the cross. The things I thought were gain, I count as loss. And with the suffering I identify. And by his resurrection power, cross will never ask for more than I can give, for it's not my strength but He's, there's no greater sacrifice, for I am crucified with Christ, and yet I live. For all I have So that His cross is not in vain For I found to live is Christ And to die is truly gain For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Not I but Christ who lives strength but he's there's no greater sacrifice for I am crucified with Christ and yet I You are listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunabible.org. Also, we're in the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14, and there is service available in the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. 
If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at area code 814-942-2131. Listen now as Jesse Nagel and Courtney Cook plays for us on the flutes this beautiful song entitled, Were You There? The exhibit of the Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing Company at the New York's World Fair in 1939 included one of the most thought-provoking features to be found in the whole vast exposition. It was the time capsule. The capsule is an 800-pound torpedo-shaped shell made of a special alloy which is highly resistant to corrosion. The time capsule was buried for the inhabitants of the earth in the year 6939 so that they might learn something of the 20th century civilization. A book of records describing the time capsule and his content was prepared and 3,650 copies were sent to all leading libraries in museums of the world and to such other places as to give promise of permanence. The book included minute instruction which will enable the inhabitants of the earth in 5,000 years to find the spot where the capsule is buried, no matter how the Atlantic seaboard may have changed.
The content of the time capsule was designed to give the people of the year 6939 some idea of the kind of life lived in the United States in 1939. Many articles in common use were included, such as newspapers, magazines, sports equipment, scientific and engineering data, pictures, specimens of metals, and other materials. All of the printed matter, approximately 10 million words, is reproduced in miniature form on microfilm. All but the book of records and one other book, the Bible. When the committee that selected the content was asked why the Bible was singled out, this was the reply. It may be said that a major reason was belief that the Holy Bible of all the books familiar to us today will most likely survive throughout the ages. Therefore, the Bible which we place in the time capsule will be a sort of connecting link between the past, the present, and future. The committee was wise in realizing that God's word will endure as it is the foundation for generations of faithful believers. Listen now as Eddie Piper sings this beautiful song entitled, Excuses. Excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. And the devil will supply them if from church you stay away. Now when people come to know the Lord, then the devil always loses. So to keep those folks away from church, he offers them excuses. Here's some. In the summer, it's too hot. In the winter, it's too cold. In the springtime, when the weather's just right, you find someplace else to go. Up to the mountain, or down to the beach, or to visit some old friend. Or you just stay at home and relax and hope some kinfolk will drop in because the church benches are too hard the choir sings way too loud. You know how nervous you can get when you're sitting in a great big crowd. And the doctor warned you, watch them crowds. They'll set you back. But you go to that old ball game. <laughs> it helps you to relax. You get a headache Sunday morning and a backache Sunday night. But by work time Monday morning... <laughs> You're feeling quite all right. One of the children has a cold. Pneumonia, do you suppose? Well, the whole family has to stay home just to blow that poor kid's nose. Excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. And the devil will supply them if from church you stay away. Now when people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep those folks away from church, he offers them excuses. Here's some more. The preacher, he's too young. Maybe he's too old. His sermons, they aren't hard enough. And maybe they're too bold. His voice is much too quiet. and Sometimes it gets too loud. He ought to preach the word with humility instead of being so proud. His sermons are too long. Maybe they're too short. He ought to preach the word with dignity instead of stomp and snort. Well, that preacher we've got must be the world's most stuck-up man because a lady just told me the other day, He didn't even shake my hand. (laughs) Excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. And the devil will supply them if from church you stay away. Now when people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep those folks away from church, he offers them excuses. 
to keep those folks away from church. He offers them excuses. Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for a Bible study porch for a broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the life of Christ, those around the cross of Calvary. Matthew chapter 27, verses 39 through verse 41. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroys the temple, build it up in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking him with the scribes and the elders, said. Previously we had just studied about the seven sayings of the Lord Jesus Christ from the cross of Calvary. Again, I remind you that a Roman crucifixion was the most inhumane way that man ever invented of putting another fellow human being to death. Mark chapter 15, and what I just want to share is think upon those who are around the cross. Mark fifteen thirty two. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to verse 41. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. The two thieves, the malefactors, were crucifying the left and right hand side of the Lord. At the beginning, they were both reviling him. Mark fifteen thirty two. the one malefactor continued his reviling of the Lord Jesus Christ, where the other realized that we're in the same condemnation as the Lord. But we're receiving the due rewards of our action, but this man's done nothing wrong. And then, of course, he is going to say, Lord, remember me when thou comes in thy kingdom. Luke 23, 43, the Lord's reply was, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, unto thee, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. The Roman soldiers mocked him. Luke 23, verse 36. They mocked. They scoffed at him. This specific Greek word appears 13 times in the New Testament, and 12 of those times it's used of mocking the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 27, verse 41 and 42, likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. The religious leaders of Israel, the chiefs, priests, the scribes, the elders, all were mocking him. Mocking him with the words of saving others, but he could not save himself. If he would have come down from the cross, and they were saying, if you would just come down from the cross, we will believe him. It was the Jewish leaders who demanded that he be crucified. They had so many opportunities to believe on him. The Lord had performed so many miracles, the blind men to see, the raising of Lazarus. They rejected him. And they are rejecting him as he is dying for their sins and the sins of the whole world. Mark fifteen twenty nine, And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroys the temple and builds it in three days. Some unidentified individuals. They railed on him, also wagging their heads, nodding their heads at the direction of the cross, 
as they were sneering at him, mocking him with words which the false witnesses twisted and distorted. Also, we know John 19.25. Now there stood by the cross, Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. So you had Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary's sister, Mary, the, the wife of Cleophas, and the apostle John. John nineteen twenty five and 26 says these words. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister and Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved. And this is speaking of, of John. He said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. And then he's going to say to, the, to John that he is to behold thy mother. The Apostle John was there by the cross as his Savior was being crucified for the sins of the world. And again, remember, they did not understand this. Lord Jesus Christ, if you go over and read Matthew chapter number 26, again, the Olivet Discourse, and we find, we find out that the Olivet Discourse was given two days before the cross. This is Matthew 24, 25. Keep reading into the 26th chapter and notice the words that we read here in Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, what sayings? What we call the Olivet Discourse. And it came to pass when he had finished these, he said unto his disciples, you know that after two days... Two days is a feast of Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. And as the Lord spoke of that, and there are other references in the Gospel, where His disciples did not understand these words. So you have John. John's there. Can I ask the question, where's Peter? Where, where is James and Andrew and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot? And Lubius' surname was Thaddeus. Where were they? They're not to be found. So when you think upon this and you get you go through the gospel records, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you find out that there's various reaction to what is going on. There are those who are sneering at him, mocking him, ridiculing him, saying, If you if you are the Son of God, come down and save yourself. Well if he would have, then redemption God's redemptive plan would have stopped. It would have been incomplete. Because without the shedding of blood there's absolutely no remission of sins. And remember what John the Baptist said, Behold, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. Salvation is God's gift to us. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If you've never trusted Him, if you think some religious activity, some good deed is going to get you to heaven, reciting some creeds, water baptism, that's not the answer. That's not God's answer. The only way of salvation is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 3.24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 26 says, To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus, not works. If you've never trusted Him, you need to trust Him right now, right where you're at before it's eternally too late. And for us who are believers, 
believers, we need to keep studying God's Word, understanding it, so that we can be living for Him and serving Him today in the dispensation of grace. been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is